Thank you, Lord God. Thank you that the war has already been won, that you, Jesus Christ, Son of God, are the victorious one, and we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And I thank you, Jesus, that um, you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to be encouraged today in the midst of the mess, in the midst of this chaos that Satan has established to try to destroy the kingdom of God, the people of God, the church of Jesus Christ. We, we give you glory, Lord God, because it was that's the way you brought glory to the Father by becoming a grain of wheat that fell into the ground and died on the cross for us. So thank you, Lord, for giving us understanding beyond what we already have by the power of your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes again to see, give us wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for giving us the keys to lock and unlock, to loose, to open, and to shut those things that need to be opened and shut according to the will of the God of the God of heaven. And we get, we say again, as you did, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So give us your wisdom, and may we do your will today. Let the Holy Spirit guide us through your anointing, Father. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about something really uh, favorite, uh, one of the favorite things of mine, um, a long-standing project and it's called God on Trial. You've probably heard us mention it from time to time as one of the options uh, on the website in the bookstore. So God on Trial, um, but a lot of you don't really know anything much about it. And so um, we're going to be doing a couple of uh, podcasts, God on Trial Behind the Scenes podcasts, and, give it, and, and also introducing the questions, the spiritual questions that have uh, come out of this dialogue. Uh, in the story of the war between God and Satan for the souls of men. So um, with that, I'm going to inter- you know, let my husband interrogate me and ask me questions about how this all got started and stuff so that we can have some fun with giving you guys some of that background information as to why we produced this audio drama called God on Trial. Well, yeah, well, there's the ongoing war between God and Satan for the souls of human, the human yeah. race, human beings. And so a lot of people don't understand the dynamics of that. And of course, in the scriptures, they're, they're, the, the, a lot of the dynamics of this spiritual war are, are presented. But then there's details of this that kind of come up every day in the lives of people. So why did you come up with this form? I mean, you could have written well, a book. Yeah. You could have, you know, done something. Why did you come up with this uh, audio dramatization? Well, it came up with it, it's with itself. It came up with itself, sort of, so to speak. I did write a book. I wrote a, a big, long treatise with a lot of words on the page about all the things I was believing and seeing and being shown by the Spirit of God about w- how things were happening and the, the spiritual dynamics behind the war and things and. Um, you know, and theological, you know, questions and all kinds of very boring things that most people find super boring. And I was reading it <clears throat> and I thought to myself, I was looking at the page, and I said, wow, I don't even want to read this. Why would anybody else in the world ever want to read it if I don't even want to read it? Because it's too overwhelming. And so then I said, well, 
maybe I'll, I'll write it as a, I, I, a book. I, I took the concept, the book concept, to a seminar that we all got to present a little bit of our project, our idea, or a little excerpt from our writing and whatever. And they literally just tore mine apart. I mean, it was like, throw it against the wall, smash it, burn it. This is disgusting. Who'd ever want to read this? This is never going to sell. No publisher will ever want this. And so we went to lunch. And at that <laughs> point, I was pretty, you know, all these famous authors and, and aspiring artists are sitting at this table and eating their fine, fancy lunch. And I am thinking, oh, my God. And I'm sitting next to this gal who had already published a couple of things, including a couple of workbooks on various topics. And she said to me, she says, well, why don't you just chunk the material? I mean, that was chunk the material. Uh, she didn't say any more than that. That's all the Lord gave her out of her mouth to say, chunk the material. What does that mean? So I took it home and I began to say to the Lord, what would that look like? And then he said, Pilgrim's Progress, you know, where they have the dialogue and they mm -hmm. have the Pilgrim and, and all he's meeting all these people and on his way to the city, the celestial city. And I thought it was very, you know, fun reading because there's a lot of white space. There's a lot of different characters, actors, drama, scenery, da, da, da. I went home and I began to sit down to my computer, actually, and just sort of sit there. And it's funny with me when I sit there, God begins to just sort of like put ideas in my mind and I just sort of type them. And then I'll talk to him. Well, what about this? And I'll get some more answers and I'll type it down. And it's, it's not automatic writing. It's not... It's not channeling. It's actually me and the Holy Spirit just at the computer doing stuff. And so he started to give me this idea of the dialogue, the scripting, and characters. Uh, and, and because uh, one of the points and purposes for God on trial is to expose the hidden works of darkness behind the scenes, um, I had to have a way to characterize the demons um, those that talk in our heads, you know, the voices in our heads, the temptations from the external, internal parts of our world. And, and, I, and I knew that, and because I do a lot of counseling, I knew that um, these demons do talk to people's minds, to their hearts, to their, mm -hmm. and, and I know how they talk. I know what they say because I've heard them talk many, many years uh, through the mouths of the people that have come to me for counseling and people I know along the way. So I said, how can I portray these evil spirits and familiar spirits uh, for who they really are without terrifying people and children and, you know, who's, who's ever going to listen to this? And many people don't even believe in the demons or the devil. Even Christians supposedly don't. So I thought, how can I characterize them? So I actually characterize them as more humorous. Uh, befuddling, you know, buffoons, kind of stumbling, grumbling, so that they would be, that's true, they're true to their character as well, but they would then not be so frightening. And so I had to have a, a plot. And so all of this theological treatise began to develop into a, a plot. What is the essential plot, or the, oh. over the overriding theme of, of the whole series. Now you have what twenty eight? Yeah, twenty eight episodes. Episodes in this series, but yeah. what what is the basic plot well, through the whole thing? Thank you for asking. That's the exciting part because as I'm sitting there and the characters are forming in my mind, the, the conversations, the narration, uh, the dialogue. Actually, it's dialogue really between. And I love scripts and I love plays and I love you know that sort of thing. And so um, that this, the dialogue is beginning to form in my mind. And so, but to, to put that dialogue together, you have to have a plot, you have to have a framework. And so the, the idea of 
the first it came to me as opening arguments. These are the arguments that people are making against God, against God's right to rule the world, against God's right to, to be sovereign and holy in the universe. Uh, the rebellion that we see often in the world that resists the sovereignty and the holiness of God and his right to rule. And so the plot became, okay, well, let's put God on trial then, because that's actually what we do in mm-hmm. our everyday mm-hmm. world, everyday lives, everyday mouths and situations. We, we grumble, mumble, and judge God. And so I thought, well, let's just do it out there in the open, and let's the devil be the prosecutor. And so to have a prosecution, and you have the plot, now you have a court scene, you're going to have to have a judge, you're going to have to have a jury, you're going to have to have uh, witnesses, you're going to have to have the defense and the prosecution. So all this stuff began to fall together and come into place when I began, once the plot was, was there. Now, during each episode, there's about four different levels of things that are going on. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. What, what are those levels? They're- well, we have the, first of all, we have the overall arching court of heaven, the, the courtroom right. of heaven, and we have there the prosecution, which is Satan, and defense, which is God's justice. So those are, they're cross-examining the witnesses, and all these witnesses come from the Old Testament. Every one of them God gave me had a bone to, either a bone to pick with God, or were being called by the defense to defend the honor and the character and, and decisions that God makes. And so, um, and, and Job got caught in the middle and he almost got impeached because the prosecution was going to use Job to prove how mean God was and how unfaithful he was to his people. Uh, and that's basically their argument against Abraham as well. But um, so once we had those characters, then we could develop the dialogue between the characters uh, and their and the prosecution. But uh, because that's kind of, in a way, still kind of boring because there's a lot of long dialogue and questions and on the, and there's not much action there, and there's not a whole lot of demonic activity in the court of heaven, obviously. Um, we had to, to create the second or subplot, which is the second level of God on trial, which is where the um, we see the demons acting out on earth, carrying out their assignments against humankind. And so we get introduced actually to the very demons that torment us, whether it's confusion or... Um, fear. Fear, yeah, hatred, mm-hmm. uh um, murder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and some of the, you know, fee, uh, let's see, what's one of the other, I was trying to think of confusion and deception. Yeah. Divination, deception, darkness, uh, darkness, all these things that kind of prowl around in our world. So that's the second layer or the subplot of this whole drama. So you, you kind of go from, there's a, there's part, there's scenes where that are in, like in hell among the demons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then there's the courtroom scene. Yeah. And then there's those that are are the broadcasters that are covering yeah. the story, yeah. right? Because it's an audio and you can't see what's going on. So we had to create then our radio broadcasters to give us the, uh, you know, the uh, the narrative of what's going on, what, and, what they're seeing. Right, and it's and then it's what's going on on Earth at the time Jesus mm-hmm. is coming yeah. on the scene as well. So uh, and we ha- we have a lot. Excuse me, we have a lot of characters coming out of the Bible too from Jesus's mission on Earth, like you know the. Uh, the demon possessed man and the the uh, the um, deaf and dumb spirits coming out of the boy that, that sort of thing. We just have a lot of uh, the unclean spirits. We have a lot of Jesus's miracles kind of being highlighted in those ac- activities of the demons on earth. This harkens back to back in the old days of mm-hmm. radio, the early days of radio. Mm-hmm. They had radio dramas, 
and you had all the sound effects yeah. and everything. So you, you see really what's going on without using your eyes. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what this is like. So th- what I find this to be is uh, arresting. It just grabs you. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it just grabs you, draws you in, and keeps you going all the way through. Yeah, it's crazy how this game... Not boring at all. Yeah, it is not boring. It's, it's fast moving. As a matter of fact, it's so good that little six, eight-year-old kids get glued to their their computer screens as they're listening to something. They're not seeing anything on the computer screen, but they're listening to um, the dialogues and things. But we were very blessed. We actually, you know, as with every project of God, it starts out kind of bumpy and goes probably in the wrong direction about half the, half the way through it, and then you just turn it around and bring it the right way around. But we, had, we tried to do this... Um, you know, on a low, low, low budget, which was then very obviously a low budget, and the quality was also low. But then fortunately for us, somehow, God, you know God, how he does stuff. Um, Steve Wick came to town, and he's he was a friend of one of the guys who was helping us do the original uh, kind of casting. And uh, Steve Wick is a sound designer for um, uh, Left Behind for the audio, uh, uh, not the audio series, but the audio work for the Left Behind video series. And he's a, he's a professional, very, very excellent. So we have these wonderful sound effects that just keep, keep mounting and intriguing and, and, and piquing our interest to stay involved in what's going on. And, and you address about every religious and spiritual and philosophical question that there is on the planet in the midst of all this. Yeah, yeah, I sure do, and and it's very fun because I think God has given me a lot of understandings about so, those. So things. let me just we, we need to wrap up this introduction here. I think pretty quick. How long did you did it take you to do this? Well, it's been. Can you get this? Twenty two years. So I did take the chunk, the material idea, and and wrote it and sent it to them as a script, and it was like. And they, they turned it down and they said, there's nothing out there like this. And I thought, have you never heard of Pilgrim's Progress? <laughs> anyway, so I thought, take it from the Lord. Okay, it's not going to be a book at this point anyway. Uh, and so then then that's when the Lord gave me the idea of the, the audio drum. So the chunking, then the rejection of, you see how God works, you know, rejection, wisdom, rejection, new idea. So God was pu- pushing it, pushing it on a track that he had, he didn't come to me and say, this is going to be an audio drama. He just pushed me along a track, uh, and and then he gave me a scripture back in I think it was two thousand probably three or four, which is many years ago, and it was in Isaiah, and he said, and, and this I underlined it, I wrote in my Bible, uh, the promise of for opening arguments for God on trial, and this is what it says Isaiah twenty nine seventeen and a couple of verses, is it not yet a very little while? till Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. Well, I didn't think of it right then, but Lebanon is full of trees. Trees are full of paper, and paper is full of books and (laughs) whatever. Fruitful, coming to fruitfulness. In that day, listen to this, the deaf shall hear the words of the book. Audio drama, audio book. The deaf are going to hear the words. Hearing the words of of the the book. book. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. So things that they couldn't make sense out of and see the demonic spiritual world is going to be coming clear to them. Yes. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord. And the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the terrible one is brought to nothing and the scornful one is consumed. So the terrible, horrible, scornful, wicked, violent assault against us human beings is brought to nothing. And all those who watch for iniquity are cut off. 
who make a man an offender by a word, who lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate and turns aside the just for a thing of naught. So we see that there was something coming, uh, the, the words of the book, the, the deaf were going to hear, the eyes of the, the, the blind were going to be opened. And so this was a kind of an encouragement. I thought, oh, well, this is good. And a little while, well, a little while, 20 some years later, we're still in the little while part. But, um, but the good news is, and to kind of wrap this up for today, the good news is that the finished product of 28 episodes, um, uh, about 30 minutes each, is completed. All of the actors, we're, we're going to do a little uh, podcast on behind the scenes a little bit, you know, down the road here. And we're hoping to get this set up to start in this fall to give our, our, our listeners a taste of and the behind the scenes, the questions, the all kinds of interactions to kind of pique their interest and get us really pulled into this uh, opportunity to really uh, it, it learn. You know, there's there's a couple things that this audio drama, God on Trial, does. Is Number one, it's very entertaining, as you said earlier. It's very entertaining. It's it's also very intriguing. It's also evangelistic because it was, it was written for the skeptical. It was written for the unbelievers. It wasn't really written for Christians. Yes, although Christians will see a lot of the, they'll, they'll cl- connect with the, the characters and the biblical passages and the stories, but it's, it's, it's educational, it's inspirational, it's evangelistic so that people can reach out and even to the skeptics. So it's, it's written in a way that God is being tried. And so we have hard questions that the prosecution is asking God, explain yourself here. Why did you do that? What about, the, and, and, and prosecution is always trying to make God look bad and guilty, but then the defense, the justice comes back and gives God's side of the story. So you have a, but you have to go through it. You can't just think this is all written pro-God. You know, the devil is, is actually the, the anti-hero of the whole narrative because he is, he's the, he, the anti-hero because he's not a hero, and he, but he's, he's, it's centered, the plot, the dialogue, everything is centered around what he does how he does it, what he had in mind. And so it's written from his point of view. That's why we get to see the devils in hell, the demons talking. That's why we get to see all that because we were, we're seeing this from Satan's internal psychological point of view. We're looking into the enemy, the, the, into his mind, his subconscious, his mental abilities to see how he was working this through. And I'm not saying I in any way understand the enemy or how he works, but this is kind of an interesting way to present it but overriding all that we see the truth and the faithfulness of god absolutely and those that have served him Mm -hmm. in the past um in the old testament characters particularly yeah have have proven the faithfulness of god so the scope of this whole episode this uh god on trial 28 episodes is from the beginning of creation we start out in the garden of eden and we go until the um the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So this is called opening arguments. I don't know if I'll live long enough to write closing arguments, but I do have some of it written. But we're not going to promise that to anybody. But at this point, but uh, so this is the scope of the of the current God on trial um, opening argument. So, opening arguments. So what's coming up today? Now we're not done. Oh, today we're just going to give you a little clip of the episode that you can all listen to the whole episode on our website it's called god on trial um episode one the fall opening arguments 
Episode 1, The Fall. shook. Satan fell. The war in heaven was ended, but the war on earth had just begun. And though the following is an interpretation of the way things might have been, it is entirely possible that this is what could have happened. It all started in Eden, the garden of God, at the beginning of time as measured on the earth. The devil was still seething over his demise and disputed the unfair advantage given Adam and Eve. He demanded the right to test them. It is not fair. You've supplied their every need. You dote over them and give them everything they want. Take away your kindness and see what you got. Nothing, that's what. Bitterness has overtaken you, Rebellion. Oh, your care of them is disgusting. You would question my care for my children? It's not fair the way you protect those two. You hardly let them out of your sight, sitting with them day and night. Let them choose for themselves and see what they do. I have given them a free will. They obey me because they love me. Your test of obedience is nothing. They have no choice but to obey you and be good because everything is decided for them. I dare you to let me test them. Would you test them to find fault with me, O Lucifer Fallen? I question the freedom you claim to have given them. You even tell them what they can eat. There are many trees in the garden from which they may eat freely. That's my point, exactly. And what is your point exactly, Lucifer? There are too many trees. Too many trees? Mm -mm. Is that your problem? How much of a temptation is one forbidden tree when you've given them hundreds of others to eat from? Oh. And just who do you think you are, son of God? Would you defile yourself yet again with this blatant and open rebellion against my father? Give them a chance to think for themselves. Is it not enough that you have separated yourself from the gracious goodness of my father, that you would seek to deceive yet others? You stay out of this! Would you twist my word against me to justify your own rebellion? Have you no fear? <laughs> of you? And who are you but the untried son who speaks from a throne not your own? My father and I are one. Our kingdom is one. And what is that to me? Would you divide the kingdom of heaven to suit your own wretched... Selfish ambition? Me? Selfish? And what about you? My son asked rightly. Let him stay out of this. At least I can say my kingdom is mine. You would have no kingdom at all had it not been given to you from above. Your pride has blinded you to your own destruction, and murder does not follow far behind in this thing you plan to do. Those who stood with me, 
are mine. And what do you have? Nothing but a bunch of spineless angels and those two mindless dirt balls. You expect to rule the world with that? Would you weary me with your endless accusations? Your own wickedness will be your undoing, even in spite of my goodness. <laughs> what goodness? You are intolerant and unfair. Would I defeat you by unfair advantage that I might be accused by you as being unjust? Oh, you dote on them, but you, you will not be able to keep them. These two will soon be mine. Though you do much damage and destroy many, I will overcome you through the very ones you would seek to turn against me. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you challenge me in what I have rightfully won? That which you have rightfully won will be yours. Then let the contest begin. <laughs> But wait, who will referee this thing? They will. They will? They are the prize. How will they judge between us? To whom they yield their consent to obey, his they will become. Then let it be known. Before they can truly be yours, they must be given the complete freedom to reject you. They are created in my own image. They are free. <laughs> then let them decide. Unless you give them the freedom to deny you, they have no freedom at all. Their obedience will establish their love. <laughs> Without the freedom to disobey, their love for you is nothing but contrived and ill-gotten and not love at all. Though you twist my word, Satan, my seed remains in them. <laughs> then I surely do not need to remind you that because you are defined as love, they must also love. It is as you say. I say they are all robots! Puppets and pawns and clones! Let them choose for themselves whom they will serve! Angel of Light, you who would pervert the truth to justify your own sin, how is it you have come to this? Was my love for you not enough? Obviously not! I despise the condescending, power-hungry, war-mongering dictatorship you call love. You reject the very one who now permits you to speak. Truly, your folly knows no limits that the love which my father has so freely bestowed upon you should come to this. <laughs> if your intentions are true, and your word is good, it must be tested. <laughs> Give them a real choice and see what they do. So be it, O fallen son of the morning. Now it will be known who among us is righteous in this thing. Then I call for a motion. 
I petition the High Court of Heaven to authorize my claim to test the contestants. Request granted. You will be given jurisdiction over anything that yields to you. Whoever sins shall become the servant of sin and your subject. <laughs> Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Satan didn't lose any time. He came to the garden to tempt Adam and Eve, and they sinned. I don't get it. It was an honest mistake. So why did God have to make such a big deal about it? The sin, I mean. Why couldn't he just get over it and give them another chance? Satan had a plan. He slipped into the satiny skin of a serpent and made his final adjustments for a tight fit. He touched his smooth sides with satisfaction as he stood upright to catch a glimpse of his own reflection in the still garden pools. Oh, I like it. The way it moves. <laughs> the way it clings to my body. <laughs> a perfect disguise. So subtle, and yet... Alluring. <laughs> oh, seductive is so becoming on me, I must admit. <laughs> now I can give myself freely to lust after the most beautiful of all his creatures. <laughs> Adam's prize would be mine. <laughs> It was a warm, sunny day in the garden, with not a cloud in the sky. Eve seemed to be in a playful mood as she talked with one of the creatures. A bird of paradise rested on her shoulder. Oh, look at you, pretty bird. Oh, such darling creatures you are. And look at you. Oh, Eve, darling, how positively radiant you are this morning. Oh, would you allow me to slip this orchid behind your ear? Well, oh, uh, yes, yes. And this garland of lilies to grace your neck? Ah, yes. Oh, gorgeous. A, a creature who speaks? Uh, have you a name? Oh, you may call me Serpent, if you like. Uh, I do not recall any of the creatures being named Serpent. Oh, it saddens me that I may have so soon slipped your mind. Mm. You seem different from the others somehow. Hmm? More intelligent, something. Intelligent? Oh, why, yes, of course. Oh, but you flatter me, my dear. Look at you. Oh, stunning and so well-fashioned. <laughs> what a charming one you are. Oh, I must admit I've been watching you for some time now, waiting for just the right moment. The right moment? Oh, 
Look. Your jewels. They're brilliant. Like nothing I've ever seen before. Oh, tell me, where did you get them? Oh, do you like them? Oh, yes. <laughs> they are from the King's Royal Collection, now discontinued. Oh, they're exquisite. Kind of like this garden. Oh, don't you just love it? Mm, an exquisite garden, indeed. Oh, but isn't it a lot of work? Do you uh, tend it all by yourself? <laughs> no, Adam is with me. Adam, yes. Oh, such a pity he's not here. Uh, tell me, what do you do for excitement around here? Oh, there are the reflecting pools for sunning, morning sunrises, oh, and the evening walks with God. That's it? <laughs> Isn't that enough? <laughs> oh, it sounds a little boring to me, doing the same old things every day, day in and day out. Just think of what you could be missing. Missing? Well, what is this missing? You could have so much more. More? Mm. Is there more? Oh, lots more. So much more. Knowledge, experience, freedom. More than you can imagine. I cannot imagine anything more than this. But that's just it. What would happen if you could imagine? What if, what if... You were free to know everything. Just think what endless possibilities it would hold for insight and adventure. Adventure? What possibilities? Oh, if you only knew. <laughs> knew what? The secret. The secret? What's a secret? Mm. You eat freely of all these trees, I presume? Well, almost all. Oh. There seems to be so many trees, almost too many. We may eat of them all, except for the one that grows in the center of the garden. That one? Mm -hmm. No way. Who said? Well, the Lord God himself told us. Are you sure? What's wrong with that tree? Uh, wrong? Uh, what do you mean, wrong? Oh, nothing, nothing. It's just, um... How can he keep something as lovely as this from you? Whatever for? I do not know. That is my very point. Knowledge. Knowledge? Hmm. How can you know if you don't know what you're missing? I mean... I do not know. Nor do I dare think. Who would dare to think such a thing possible? That one as... Wise as you would not dare to think that she could know more. It is forbidden. Forbidden? Yes. Oh, 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 oh surely you must be mistaken. Oh. oh, this is the tree of knowledge. How could he have forbidden you to eat of it? God warned us not to eat of it or touch it lest we die. <laughs> die? Oh, come now. You will not die. He told us himself. Oh, God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened like his. You will be more like him. That is why he has marked it as separate. More like him. Mm. As you can see, 
This tree holds the ancient secrets of ageless beauty and timeless truth. You seem so sure, Serpent, but hmm. how can I know you're right? You're absolutely correct. How could you know if knowing is forbidden? A sin, you know, is... What? Um, what, what sin? What is this sin? Uh, well, I... just, just look at how it begs the kiss of your lips. Oh, mm. here, here. Touch it. it. Touch, but but not taste, Serpent. Mm, no, no, no. Oh. Taste and see. Oh. Even as your beauty surpasses all others, surely you would fare far better if you would but taste of knowledge. Wait. What are you doing? How can you resist? Oh, to touch is nothing. How much more could it show you if you but ate of it? What new worlds of wisdom and power might be yours? Will its fruit make me bold, serpent? To eat of the fruit, you must be fearless. Oh. But alas, such a charming little thing you are. I'm afraid your innocence has left you quite sheltered. Fearless? Sheltered? (laughs) To think what you could be missing. Oh, what harm could come from one little bite? Who would ever know? Uh, He has No, 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 no. I, I, I hate to interrupt, but... Are his gestures to be perceived as kindness or confinement when he teases you with the freedom he has forbidden you to experience? How will you ever know what liberty you have until you use it? Hmm. You do seem to have a point. Ah, yes, yes, a point indeed. Any cruel taskmaster can demand allegiance from his slave He might even delude himself into thinking the service was freely given. But what harm could be done? God wants you to be free, doesn't he? We are free. Hmm. He wants you to be happy, doesn't he? Your heart's desire is to be more like God, isn't it? Yes, of course I want to be more like him. Ah, then doesn't it make all the sense in the world to know what he knows You must eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Here. It's delicious. Oh, really good. Like nothing I've ever tasted before. uh, You see? Nothing to fear. But I am afraid of one thing, sir. Oh, what is it, my darling? What about Adam? Adam? Oh, yes, of course. Oh, you are right. If he doesn't eat of it, you will be parted forever. Forever? Mm. Parted? Mm-hmm. But, but I love Adam. Oh. Satan paced, still restless. Adam must join Eve if the transgression against God was to be complete. Betting that Adam's first love and loyalty would be to her, 
Satan waited anxiously. Surely Adam would not jeopardize their love by rejecting her request. Everything was hanging on his hunch. Uh, Eve, darling, where are you? Come find me, Adam. Eve, what are you doing here in the center of the garden? Mm, feel how peaceful it is here. Uh, but this is the place of the Forbidden Tree. Oh, Adam, what harm could there be? Uh, come away, my love, lest you become mesmerized by it and your innocence is traded for a taste of the Forbidden. Adam, dear, you make too much of that tree. It does no harm to look. Look, Adam. Eve, what are you doing? Look, Adam, see how lovely it is? Eve, stop, what are you doing? <laughs> Look at me, Adam. See, I did not die. It was all a lie from the beginning. It's forbidden. How could you? But Adam, darling, its fruit is no different than that of any other that grows in the garden. Man must eat. Man must eat. Yes, yes, he must. Just, just a taste. (laughs) To press it to his lips would be enough. The war would be won, and his kingdom would be mine. (laughs) A tribute to you, Eve, darling, and the power of love, to which I owe the genius of this plot. (laughs) How could you, Eve? Don't you know what this means? What does this mean, Adam? That you love these more than me? Seductress, delightfully done. You could be taken from me, Eve. It cannot part us if we partake together. Look how quickly she learns. Oh, what a compelling argument you make, my dear. The Creator warned us not to eat of it, lest we die. (laughs) See for yourself, Adam. Do I look like I'm dead? Oh! Brilliant! Come back, Eve. <laughs> well done, my little temptress. <laughs> Eat, Adam. Eat. Oh, the suspense is killing me. Adam's mind was flooded with thoughts. He felt confused. He had always known what to do before. He hesitated for what seemed like an eternity as Eve moved the fruit to her mouth to take a second bite. She pressed the broken skin to Adam's lips. Yes! (laughs) He didn't! I fear losing you more than anything else, my love. Oh, uh, Eve, uh, my my stomach. Adam, Adam, uh, what's wrong? You're uh, staggering. The, the, the darkness overcomes me. Don't be frightened. It will pass in a moment. Oh, I, I hear screaming in my head. Do you hear it, Eve? Yes. <laughs> It is finished. <laughs> they have eaten and they are mine. 
Oh, man! <laughs> Stop! It's going to be okay. What are these voices invading my thoughts and moving in my head? What are they saying, Adam? Weird. Nick? What? Eve, hurry. We've got to get out of here. Why? Adam, what's wrong? Don't you see? We are naked. We've got to hide. Hide? We've never hidden before. Uh, hurry. Here, in the shadows. What? He'll be coming soon. We cannot let him see us like this. Shadows? We've not seen shadows before, have we, Adam? Uh, hurry, in here. Before he comes. You know he always comes in the evening. But, but how will he not find us? His presence illuminates everything. I don't know. Here, put these on. What? Hurry up. I Adam, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I can't believe what just happened. Oh, I think I'm gonna be sick. Oh, you should have thought of that before you ate from that tree. Now stop your crying and help me. Oh, Adam! This is all your fault. It was the serpent. He seduced me. And you seduced me. And this is what I get for trusting a woman. Stop blaming me, Adam. You should have said no. I should have never listened to you. It was the snake. He's the one who told me that. A talking snake? Snakes don't talk, Eve. Adam, where are you? Adam. Opening Arguments was written and produced by Marjorie Cole, recorded and directed by Steve Wick at Resonance Audio Media. Opening Arguments is a production of Life Recovery Ministries and River City Outreach. For your copy of Episode 2, visit us at openingarguments.org. Thanks for listening. So we want to thank you guys for listening and we want to praise the Lord for his faithfulness and for I uh, Lord I pray that you would just stir up this is an end times um thing. This is something you've given us for the end days. I really believe that. That's why we're doing it today and that's why we're here today and that's why it took so long to get here. But Lord, we're thanking you for you take it now. It's yours. We take our hands off of it. You fly it around, Holy Spirit. You market it wherever you want. You turn eyes and hearts back to you. And may this be a great tool for opening people's hearts back up to you and to the truth. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So go to website, our website, liferecovery.com today and check out God on Trial. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.